Time for another edition of the Morning Panel. We are joined uh, this week by Mojda Cox, uh, founder and principal consultant at uh, Cox & Co., and Susan Toth, lawyer at uh, Spiro Law. Uh, thanks to you uh, both for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Hello, Devin. Now, when I did this, I didn't know we would be um, uh, having a new police chief announced uh, yesterday. We do have the former chair <laughs> of the police uh, board uh, with us. And so I did want to talk about the police chief because this is... Uh, a big hire. There are a lot of issues that uh, we are facing in the city that uh, deal, at least in some way, but in a lot of different ways, with uh, the police. Uh, so just to start with you, Susan, maybe uh, what, what do we make of the hire? And we can get into some of the issues that uh, the police are going to be uh, dealing with. But what do you make? Of, what do we make of the hire to start? Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, probably came as a surprise uh, to many. I think. Listen, I'm. Am I excited that we have a racialized police chief in London? Absolutely, clearly, highly qualified. Uh, I do think that the board is sending a message, however, and and part of me does wonder what is it going to take to get a woman chief in London. Uh, we had an extraordinary woman who was uh, an acting chief who had deep ties to the community from London, started her career in London, has spent the last uh, few years in, in her deputy role making huge community connections. And everyone I spoke to couldn't say enough about um, um, Deputy Chief McIntyre. Uh, so I wonder, is this a signal? Because it, if it is, it, it's it's really sad to me. Um, I think that... Um, with all the qualifications the new chief is bringing in, you're coming into a brand new city that you don't know during a bargaining year, uh, during a year where we're developing or they are developing a business plan. So it's a lot for some, an outsider to jump into. Uh, so I think it was a, it was quite a risk um, to go outside for the chief. So we'll see. You know, Obviously, I wish him all the best, um, but uh, I think there's going to be some caution from members of the police service. I hope she doesn't leave. Uh, I hope we can maintain, but I mean, who knows? Well, I don't know what, what's, what, there's a, a lot of police, a lot of different cities need police chiefs and she has been an acting chief and deputy chief for a while. How long was she acting, Susan? I, I wasn't following that and I'm not sure if you <sighs> take that off the Acting top. probably since um, a little bit before Christmas. Oh, no, it would have been in January when, when Chief Williams ran, um, okay. stepped down officially. Yeah, so, you know, my th- I thought I was a little, oh, I, I was expecting to see the interim chief uh, to roll into. That That doesn't mean that um, the new hire isn't going to do the work. I mean, we, I've read the credentials. I've read the story of this person. Here's the thing. I think we've learned uh, some really interesting lessons in our community over the last year around representation. And I think that, you know, we've we've come a long way, and I, and I don't want to be the one that drives mixed messages. Representation and identity is necessary. So long as it comes with a diverse perspective and the diversity of thought. So if we have a, let's say, a woman chief or a racialized young, you know, he, 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 he this person fits all the, the new chief fits all of uh, the things that we hope for to see in renewal in the city's police services so that we can start to move into an age where we lead with empathy in community on these types of matters. Um, so we, we want to see this type of representation. How are, are we guaranteed that we're getting the diversity of thought that we want? We have to start shifting our, our, our lens to that. So I don't know anything about the police um, board's hiring practices and, and, and whether or not they 
are um, they make room for exploring diversity of thought. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, what biases do you have? What are the things that we can work through? What can we identify early on in the engagement with an individual that we can work with? Not to say that, you know, we all come with our biases. I just think that we, we've learned a deep lesson in representation and we, we can't have selective amnesia. So I'm not going to make any comments on represent in the way of the identity of this, um, this new chief. I, I hope that um, the circumstances that you've described does not necessarily set him up for immediate success or confident success. But if with really intentional work, he can be successful in the in the lens and the eyes of the police force, whatever that means to them. What do we see as like the big issue facing the new chief, the police force? Because there's there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think even just apart from what I'd mentioned that it's it's a bargain bargaining year, so the relationships with the police association jumping into that is going to be huge. Because as we know, ultimately, a lot of what's decided during bargaining is going to impact budget. Uh, presumably, um, I would assume that the association is going to be looking for for raises and and maybe um, a frontline pay, which which is a, uh, something that we're seeing in, in other services uh, that will impact the budget. So that's number one. But I think it's what we've been talking about, Devin, for years, which is the mental health crisis, um, the the crisis in terms of homelessness. And that the police are still um, the front line. And, and certainly when I've talked to police officers, they don't want to be the only 24-7 service. They are police. They're supposed to be there uh, dealing with issues of safety. And what we see is over and over again, they're being called uh, to deal with mental health issues. They shouldn't have to. They shouldn't be. They're not necessarily trained in that. Uh, so I think as exactly what Mojde said is is we need to start breaking down how do we deal with this as a community? Where do the police appropriately fit in? Uh, and how are we going to make sure that all of those things are, are happening, uh, you know, under a new leadership? And, and really just to touch on something that Mojde said as well is doesn't this all come down to um, representation, not just at the leadership level, but I'm going to say it, you know, how do we ensure those conversations are happening when we don't have a diverse police board? I mean, I have to say it again. How can we ensure that's happening when the diversity on the police board is almost nil? Bojda? So I, uh, plus one, um, Susan's, <laughs> you, know, you know, expert lens because of the insider sort of perspective in following the board's activities over the years. The other, uh, I think, big issue, other than having to prove his merit for the rest of his career uh, or leadership, um, he, I, I think this police chief is, is going to be faced with the challenge of the conversation right now in removing credentials, um, educational requirements for police officers. So there's two, two ways you can look at this. It's quite classist to not want... Uh, to, to, to advocate for more schooling, for in my opinion. Uh, it's just inaccessible to so many people. It is quite dangerous to put very vulnerable youth with the type of police training that is out there. It hasn't been renewed since I don't know. Um, I have not been able to find any renewed um, you know, internal police academy, police training refreshers or anything around human rights or even understanding, engaging in a culturally appropriate way with communities that are diverse. 
and changing and evolving. And then we're looking at the increased crime in the city. We're at, what, the 11th um, incident of gun violence in the city, which is, I think, our record high compared to, I think, what was like nine or something last year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. And, and I, 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 I'm not going to um, tone this down to say that I fear that that this person is set up for a bit of a glass cliff situation <laughs> because we have high turnover in the board. We're bargaining gear, a lot of shift within the ministry itself. And um, we, we really don't, as a community, we haven't reconciled with what we mean by representation and what we want from it. What's our end game when we want to diversify? You and I know what we want to do. We want the diversity of perspective and thought at the table. Uh, is, is is are we all on the same page? And I am afraid to say no. We continue on with the uh, Tuesday uh, morning panel, joined uh, today by uh, Susan Toth and Mojda Cox. I want to shift our focus from uh, policing uh, to uh, food waste. I was uh, talking to uh, someone from uh, the a new app, which launches today. Too good uh, to go, uh, which. Um, I mean, it's it's about food waste. It can save you money on your groceries if if uh, you want. I think the main goal really is kind of uh, cutting down on food waste, but it has the uh, side benefit of potentially saving uh, some families money uh, on their uh, food bill. Also saves us all on the environment because uh, food waste is one of those aspects of the environment that does not get as much uh, attention in terms of environmental issues. Um, but do we talk about uh, food waste enough? Uh, Mojda, we'll start with you this time. Not at all. You know, I, since this was on our radar, how, how how much food are we actually wasted? I have a food waste uh, hang-up at home. I, I'm a bit of the food waste police. Um, I, I say serve yourself less or allow me to serve you less. So that so these are habitual things that I think each household needs to consider. Broadly, I think that it was like something around... Uh, an atrocious number, over 60% of what we threw away, we can actually, we could have repurposed and, and, and saved. So that's when people are hungry, it's hard to reconcile with. Food insecurity is a poverty issue. Uh, it's a it's an income insecurity issue. And this income insecurity issue we can solve. Um, is this a great way to address some of that? Yes. As well as food waste itself. Um is it all that we need to do? No. So I'm excited about this innovative way, but we're not talking about it enough. We're not talking and linking it to the broader issue of food security, food sovereignty, and really like a human-centered approach to the way that we deal with food locally. All of our farmland being converted to housing is a real problem in southwestern Ontario, even though we didn't keep much of our crop local. We have to talk about that. We need to build an ecosystem where we're food secure first and then we can deal with things like this um not to say it's an after issue that we should an afterthought or anything like that either way it's exciting it's a cool innovative way of coming together uh, around an issue with community susan yeah i mean i think from an environmental perspective this is fantastic um i love the idea i'm glad it's coming to london uh, you know, it's 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 a, a really creative, smart way to try to reduce uh, food waste. So I'm certainly going to be joining. Um, but I think they're setting aside the environmental. So 100% on board from the environmental perspective. Whenever I see programs that are are from third parties that are dealing uh, to some extent on food insecurity. 
I always worry a little bit the extent to which we're letting government and private entities off the hook. Um, and right. So and, and I think that's the big piece. So environmental two thumbs up. But again, are we letting City Hall off the hook with a green bin program? Are we letting, you know, the the uh, Galen Westons off the hook in terms of the massive profits they're seeing over their fake inflationary prices? Um, that's where I want to see more in terms of uh, food insecurity and dealing with those issues. So, uh, you know, I always it's a double edged sword. We absolutely need this program. I support it. Um, but I want to make sure that the pressure is on to actually solve some of those core food insecurity issues. One of the things I like about uh, food waste, and, and this app is great, fine, it's, I, people should investigate it. If they want it, go ahead with it. But food waste is one of those things, because one of the, my kind of concerns as we come out of the pandemic is how little people, uh, the appetite, speaking of pun not intended, <laughs> the appetite or lack thereof people have for listening to leaders and experts. And there's the exhaustion with that. And trying to get buy-in on things I think is going to be very difficult. One of those things is the environment, which is extremely important. And so if you cut down on food waste, that that's like an easy, you don't have to spend any money, you don't have to do anything, you could just consume what you have and just not waste it. And that can help in a multitude of different ways. And so... I just look for different ways we can talk about the environment where you don't have to talk about carbon and this and that, which are all very important. But I find there's to get buy-in on things is difficult. And sometimes I feel like our leaders don't kind of appreciate how hard they have to work to get the buy-in on those big issues that are facing us right now. Yes, talking about food waste is a sort of like a relatable thing we all you know, at the end of the night when you're cleaning up, you notice, or right before a grocery run, you're cleaning out the fridge, you'll see what you need to get rid of. And I thought, oh, really should have done something with those you know, avocados, for goodness <laughs> sakes. They, the they stress me out. I stay home. I miss events to eat avocados <laughs> because I don't want them to go bad. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so it's a relatable way. So I get what you're saying there. It's alarming how much food we waste. Like, I'm looking up... The Food Council's report, <laughs> one uh, billion tons, the same weight as over 2,800 Empire State buildings worldwide of food we waste on a regular. So it's just, it's, it's uh, you know, I think I think on an environmental front, it's it's going to be a good way for everyone to actively participate in doing their part. It's a lifestyle and habitual change. Forget this, like, glamorize. Like, your your apples don't need to look that great when you pick them up. Um, you know, so we can engage with different kinds of food. Go to the sales uh, section and get the couple of days, if you're really going to be home for a few days, get that avocado that's ripe <laughs> and eat it at home. But be mindful of it. I think, it, to your point, it's it's important to have relatable ways to have conversations about the environment. It's also equally important to have relatable ways in keeping our our officials and the corporations accountable. I cannot reconcile uh, a two tier. Like I, what I'm really worried about is that there's going to be like a, a two tier. There's the people that go to the supermarkets, and then the 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 food waste, the folks that are going to be consuming food waste for multiple reasons. Some can do it by choice, uh, and some will have to do it by no other uh, you know reason other than they can't afford going to the grocery store. I can't reconcile seeing what Mr. Weston's um, corporate raise was 
when we're talking about this. Well, and isn't there an irony, too, that we're talking about food insecurity and the lack of buy-in on the climate, but we know that climate is directly tied to food insecurity. So unless we actually deal with climate change in Canada and elsewhere, our farmers aren't going to have good crops, which will lead to more food insecurity. So you have to buy in. Like, we, we can't even afford not to buy in. So it's disappointing to me. And I think you're right, but it's disappointing to hear that it's hard for people to buy in and we roll our eyes and, oh, carbon, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's not going to be blah, blah, blah when we don't have any local crops because of climate change.